For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, we're going to dig deep on a topic that is near and dear to my heart, engagement and how to create a loyal following. And I'm going to be joined by Danny Eney, who's the author of the book, Engagement from Scratch. I've also got a discovery I'd love to share with you. As a matter of fact, let's share that discovery right now. After mediating a crocodile family dispute, look at what Michael Stelzner discovered. If you've been an avid listener, you've heard about this tool, but it's changed and it's better. And for those that haven't heard, it's called clicktotweet.com. Clicktotweet.com. And how it works is when someone clicks on a URL that you create. So what you do is you type in your, your, your tweet. Let's say, I would love to visit Social Media Marketing World and then a link to Social Media Marketing World. What I can do is type that in on clicktotweet.com and then basically hit the button that I think says generate or something like that. The end result is a URL. I can take that URL and I can embed that URL, for example, in HTML, or I can use a forwarder, for example, socialmediaexaminer.com slash love is an example of quick to click to tweet in action. And if you visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash love, it'll populate a tweet in your Twitter stream recommending this podcast. So there's lots of different uses for clicktotweet.com, but they've recently, in the last maybe 30 to 45 days, done a major overhaul. And I mean major. So when you first go to clicktotweet.com, the first thing that it asks you to do is to log in with Twitter. And then you can go ahead and generate your tweet. And what I mean by that is type in whatever you want to say with a link and the end result is a custom URL like it's always been, but here's the difference. There's a couple of new options. Similar to Bitly, Bitly is bit.ly, um, click-to-tweet allows you to do tracking. So, for example, I'm in click-to-tweet right now, and I'm looking at the results of one of the tweets that we shared, and it says like 1,133 clicks. It shows you how many were unique. And it even shows you on a timeline what day of the month got the most amount of clicks. And it even shows you a map of what parts of the world those clicks came from. So with this kind of data, you can actually do what I would call uh, tweet level analytics. So it's pretty exciting what I think could be done with this. There's also a WordPress plugin option. I've not experimented with this, but I did download it and read the code. And basically what it allows you to do is create a clickable box 
on your blog. So for example, imagine there was a, a couple of, of really cool lines of text in a blog post that you wrote and you wanted people to tweet about them. You could take those lines of text, like, you know, um, a famous quote from somebody you've interviewed or something like that. And it puts a box around it and basically allows you to click a button and, and tweet that text out to the world and drive traffic back to your, to your blog. Now, there is another, um, and you can find that at clicktotweet.com slash downloads. Now, there is another plugin in the wordpress.org plugins directory called Today Made Click to Tweet. And I don't believe these are by the same organization. The Today Made Click to Tweet creates a really nice box with the text in it, just like what I mentioned to you. And I've got a feeling that the click to tweet people are essentially replicating what this older um, click to tweet tailor-made plugin does. So I hope you're not totally confused, but in the show notes, I will include links to click to tweet.com. I'll include links to their particular WordPress plugin and also the other plugin that I believe has been around a little bit longer and I don't think is related. So there you have it. Click to tweet.com. You can do a lot of really cool things with it. And I think if you think outside the box a little bit, uh, you'll come up with some creative uses for it. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. And with that, let's transition over to today's expert interview. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined by Danny Eni. If you don't know who Danny is, he's the author of the book Engagement from Scratch, how super community builders create a loyal audience and how you can do the same. He's also the founder of Firepole Marketing, and he's the host of the Connect and Engage actually connect, engage, and inspire podcast. Sorry for messing that up. Danny, welcome to the show. No problem. It's all good. Thank you so much for having me. So today, Danny and I are going to explore how to create a loyal audience with engagement. And this is going to be a lot different than those of you that have been listening for a while than episode 72, where we talked about Facebook engagement and what that all means. As you'll see, this is a very, very different type of discussion about engagement. Danny, let's start with a little bit of your backstory. Um, back in 2006, you wrote a book called Ordinary Miracles, Harness the Power of Writing to Get Your Point Across. So tell me, how did you go, Danny, from being a guy that wrote a book about writing to what you're doing right now? Feel free to kind of elaborate a little bit. Sure. Well, you've, you've really done your homework because uh, whereas tens and tens of thousands of people have read Engagement from Scratch, I think it's like, you know, tens and tens of people <laughs> who read that, read that first book, Ordinary Miracles. Um I've been a writer since I was a kid. I've been writing forever, and I started a copywriting practice um, when I was quite young. And so I wrote this book kind of talking about my ideas about writing and how to write well. And it's a great book for what it is, but at the time, I didn't know anything about business or marketing. And what I learned after that, and and to a certain extent from writing that book and and discovering, hey, nobody read it, what happened, (laughs) is that you know writing copy and marketing, it's really not about the words. It's about understanding the people you're trying to connect with, understanding what matters to them, and and doing things that are going to be of value to them, getting in front of them in the places where they want to meet you and and discover you. And Yeah, keep going. So uh, how did you go from writing that book, which you said didn't really get the kind of response that you wanted to what you're doing now? 
Well, so my copywriting practice over time, it kind of evolved into a marketing and strategy consultancy. And I, I kind of have two career paths at the time. I was doing that, and I was also running a startup company called Maestro Reading that did really well for a short while. And then in 2008, the markets crashed and all fell apart and you know just kind of imploded into this little crater. And so I kind of was looking at what's next and what am I going to do? And I was building my consulting practice. And I was serving small business owners and entrepreneurs. That's still the market, kind of zero to 10 employees. That's, who I, I, that's my sweet spot. And I was at the time doing it all locally, you know, shaking hands, BNI meetings, that kind of stuff. And I found that there are enough of those people, enough people who are small business owners, entrepreneurs, marketers, who are doing well enough to support a growing practice. And I, I was doing pretty well. But there were also a lot of them who were not doing well at all and could not afford the help they needed. So I was giving away a lot of my time for free. Mm. And, you know, I was, I was fine. I was happy to do that because a lot of people did the same for me when I was starting out. So, you know, you pay it forward. Right. But it, that doesn't scale. And so I was thinking I've, there's got to be something I can give them that will kind of help them help themselves. So I looked at creating a training program. I did exactly what I teach all of my students today not to do which is I spent an enormous amount of time, like 2,000 plus hours, building this monster of a training program that would teach them everything that I thought they needed instead of everything that they thought they wanted. Ah, okay. And it never did well at all. Yeah. So so how how does that lead to a book on engagement? Well, what happened was I got this program done and I'm like, okay, I've got to start getting the word out. How do I attract attention? That's when I started listening. I started saying, well, what are people actually asking about. And at the time, engagement was a hot topic, but it was all engagement with the assumption of having an audience, right? You know, how do you build engagement when you've got, you know, 100,000 people who follow you? Mm. And nobody was talking about what do you do? How do you build an engaged audience if your current audience is you and your other email address or you and your cat? Mm. And so I didn't know what the answer to that was, but I knew that this is what people wanted to see. So I thought this is a way to serve the people that are that I'm trying to reach. So I reached out to all the experts who had done it, who had built this engaged audience, and I got their input and I got their their perspectives, and that created this book, Engagement from Scratch. That is kind of the road that got me into it. Wow. Okay. So what I hear you saying is that um, you tried some things that you thought people needed. <laughs> um, you wrote a book that you thought people would read. Um, you created a course that you thought people wanted, but in the end, um, you began to realize that that wasn't necessarily what people were interested in. And then you began to start hearing the buzz about the concept of engagement and you figured, okay, maybe I need to, um, interact with people more to find out what they truly want. (laughs) And this is kind of maybe how you started on that path. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think it's accurate. I, I think at the very beginning, I wasn't even thinking about what I think they want. It was just about my ideas and my art. And to a certain extent, they say that growing up is kind of about stepping out of your own head and being aware and, and sensitive to the needs of others. In a business context, we do the same thing. We start with what we want to put out into the world and what we think people need and eventually get to a point of maturity where we recognize that you know it's what other people are actually looking for that we have to be sensitive to. That's where the opportunity to help people and create value lies. You know, this is such an important concept that I want anyone who's listening right now to really stew on a little bit because so many people, you know, and I've been in marketing, I've owned my own business now for 18 years and I've been in marketing a lot longer than that. And it took me a long time to move from this um, product marketing mentality, right? Which is, here's why this thing or this service ought to be used by you to this different mentality, which is to truly step into the brains of the people, 
right, that you're trying to reach and find out intimately what their challenges and their problems are and concerns are and then solve their problems. It, it really does require a bit of a mind shift, doesn't it? It's a huge mind shift. And it's, it's at the same time incredibly obvious once you kind of have it pointed out to you and once you get it. But it's so counterintuitive because it's not where we're used to kind of starting our, our thought process if we haven't learned to do it that way. That's absolutely true. So um, this is good setup for what we're going to talk about next. So let's start by defining what you mean by the word engagement. Um, that's a great question. It's a really interesting question because, so I published this book, Engagement from Scratch, which is a compile, you know, I wrote a chapter, but there are chapters from all these experts. And I started to be asked by all these people, so what is engagement? And, all, and, and my first response, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not an engagement expert. They all are. But in reading all their answers and interacting with them and then having to answer about 100 million questions since the book got published, I, I did develop this insight that engagement is about the deep emotional investment that people have in what you're doing, mm. that other people have in what you are doing and what you're creating. So it's when people care about what you're doing and what you're doing and what you're saying matters to them on, on some level. Can you, can you expand a little bit maybe by giving an example that people can wrap their head around? Yeah, for sure. So let's say that we use the example of Apple. And Apple's a great example just because, A, everybody's heard about it, and B, they, they do so many things so well. But for people who are Apple customers, and, and they're more than just customers, they're fans, they're, you know, part, they're members of the tribe, almost the cult of Apple. The fact that they use Apple products, it's not just that they had you know, a checklist of needs and the Apple product fit the bill. The fact that they use Apple products says something about who they are. It's a piece of their identity. It stands for something. And so on the one hand, that's great because that means that they're so incredibly engaged. They'll line up around the street for a week when Apple releases the you know, iPhone you know, 4.617 or whatever the, the latest thing is. But the flip side is that they're very invested in what Apple is doing. So if Apple were to betray the values that they feel like Apple's is standing for and representing for them, the response would be dramatic. Because it's not just, you know, I, I had this list of requirements and Apple no longer meets it. Maybe I'll buy it, maybe it won't. The feeling is more like you've been betrayed by a friend. And it's it's really the blurring of those lines between commercial and social and, and almost familial in some ways. Okay, so the idea of engagement, does it involve, um, let's take a blog, for example. Let's take your blog, for example. Um, does engagement involve activities? And if it does, can you kind of elaborate a little bit on that? Um, engagement involves, the best way to look at, the, the best model for conceptualizing engagement is that it happens through this ongoing and escalating cycle of commitment and rewards. So think of it like this. Someone discovers you for the first time. There's no, connect, no connection, no relationship, no engagement. And they read some of your stuff. And they can just kind of say, hey, this was interesting. I'm going to keep on reading and keep on reading, keep on reading, keep on reading. There's no engagement there. There's just, there's interest. And interest is good. It's not a bad thing. But if they read your stuff and then at the end they're given an opportunity, they can put their name and email address in a box to get more stuff from you. So they make a bit more of a commitment, a bit more of an investment. And then you reward them for having made that commitment, for having so they, they get something great for having done so. And then you don't just send them more and more of the same, but you invite them to do even more. Maybe you ask them a question. You send them an email saying, here's this ebook, and hey, I want to make this relevant. Tell me about a problem that you're facing. Hit reply and let me know. And they hit reply. 
And so they begin to interact in that relationship with you. They're investing their time. They're investing some of their attention. They're investing some of their hopes and dreams and what they hope to create in this relationship with you. And again, you don't just let that go into a, an email address that says no reply at yourdomain.com. It goes to you. You read it. You respond. And you have a relationship with them. So that does a few things. First of all, you know your customer way better than all of the competition. Second of all, you stand out dramatically from all the other people that are sending this person emails. Because when you register to get emails from someone, to download somebody's ebook or whatever it is, then you know, you're kind of like a black box sending them emails. But when you've exchanged emails with them, they replied, you replied to you, suddenly you're a contact. You're someone that they have a relationship with. So you're in a whole different category. And a really good way, I, I, there's an example that works really well to illustrate this. It's, uh, I use, it's, an, it's actually an example of my mom. Can I, can I share that? Yeah, go for it. So the example, the idea is that um, a lot of the so-called best practices about email marketing, I think they're just, they're just plain wrong. People say, if you want to be um, a really good email marketer, if you don't want to be spamming people, then here's what you need to do. You need to um, have, first of all, double opt-in, right? confirmed opt-in. You need a one-click on subscribe, and you need a high content-to-pitch ratio. So you need a lot of content and very little commercial pitch type stuff. In other words, offer a ton of value, ask for nothing in return, make it easy for people to get out. And the idea there is that's supposed to make it not junk mail, except that that's not true. What it just does, it, it makes it better junk mail, but it's still junk mail. The difference between junk mail and something that's not is the expectation of having to respond. And so two examples are, one is my phone bill that I get in the mail in my email. Now, I don't like the phone company. I don't like what they're sending me. There's nothing interesting about it. But it's not junk mail because I know that I have to act on it. I have to respond. And the second example is my mom, she would send me, um, you know how people would get these PowerPoints with like, you know, nice pictures or funny quotes oh, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. forward it to all their friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mom would do that. She hasn't anymore because she, she, she's heard me use this example a few times. But she would <laughs> forward these things to me all the time. And I, I, they, you know, the quotes were not funny to me, and I don't have patience, and I'm very busy. Um, but of course, I read every one of the emails, and I respond to every one of these emails. And it has nothing to do with the fact that you know I find value in what is being sent. It's because I have I find value in the relationship there. It's my mom, and she sent me something. So of course, I'm going to acknowledge and respond and inter interact. And it's kind of the same thing. When I send an email with a question, for example, to my audience, the people who follow what I do. It's not just about does the question hold value or interest to them necessarily. I mean, it should. If, if for a prolonged period of time you're not, not doing anything relevant, you know, the relationship won't, won't, won't last. But it's about the fact that they have a relationship with me. They're invested in that relationship with me. And so if I ask for something in return, it's different from, you know, all these magazines that they're subscribed to and just getting a bunch of content to from this, you know, robot that they have no connection with. And, and that's a world of difference in terms of the way you interact with your audience and the way that they interact with you. I want to unpack this a little bit, Danny, because I think these are really interesting ideas that you're talking about here. And I want to talk about a little bit of this from a social perspective. So Social Media Examiner has raving fans, and some of them are listening right now. As a matter of fact, the ones that listen to the podcast tend to be our, our top echelon of our, of our fans. Because they've committed, you know, every single week to listen to this podcast for 45 minutes. That's a huge commitment. And some of the things that um, that you're saying really resonate with me because I've always known that psychologically, that if someone is willing to take an action, um, that in invests them more in whatever it is that you're doing. And in the case of content, if someone is willing to, for example, um, 
share on their Twitter feed or share on their Facebook wall a particular article, that is a step towards uh, commitment, right? Because they are actually standing up and they're saying, I stand behind this thing that I'm sharing. Um, And the reward side of it that's kind of cool, especially on Twitter, which is so easy to do, um, what I do on my podcast at the end of my podcast, I say, if you enjoy the podcast, would you visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash love? And that populates a tweet into your Twitter stream that allows you to um, suggest the show to your friends. But I take it a step further by personally replying to every single person on Twitter that does that. And you know what the response is? Oh my gosh, I love your show. It's so cool. And we start a little dialogue. And that's exactly what you're talking about, right? Yeah, it's a direct personal connection. It's that if they're if they're following 50 people on Twitter and they all show up in their feed, well, there are 50 people who are just pushing out information and one person with whom they have a relationship. Now, some people listening right now might be like, oh my gosh, how in the world do I, um, do I manage all this? But first and foremost, I'd like to talk about what's the reward to you, Danny, or to me or anyone else who actually does this engagement. Talk about the upside. What's the business upside to this engagement? So that that way we can justify the investment. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. So the business upside is that it works. And, and, you know, I feel like there's this dichotomy where people think you've got to choose between doing the the right thing, the nice person thing, the, the, the good thing on the one hand and the smart business thing on the other. And, and unless you're incredibly myopic in the way you do business, that's just not true. The, the right thing and the smart thing are the same thing. Right. And that's the case here. When people trust you, when you've earned their respect, it changes everything in your business. I'll share a few examples. So starting from the very obvious that when you make an offer, people buy. People listen, people trust you, and your conversion numbers are through the roof. Um, a great example, I did a webinar. This was like a year and a half ago. I was piloting some new content. And this was I, I was a lot earlier in my career doing this. I was a lot less experienced. And I kind of bombed the webinar. The information was good, but you know it wasn't polished enough. It wasn't practiced. The structure wasn't great. It should not have converted by any means. And yet we made like six, not six, sorry, five figures of sales, which was a lot for that webinar. Why? Because people came into it knowing that whatever I was going to share, because they know me and they trust me, they're going to probably buy. Ah, key right there. Know and trust. That is the business outcome. That is the holy grail, isn't it? Right? Because people only buy from people they know and trust, don't they? Absolutely. And and there's other sides of it too. There's the other side that if you're in constant contact with your audience like that, you know what they want. It takes a ton of the guesswork out of the idea of marketing and innovation and everything because they'll share it all with you. You'll know from them. And another, this, this is probably the best side of it is just the relationship is completely different. You know, a, a good contrast is my wife, uh, she actually came to work with us. She quit her job. She's the, we're, we're nine people on the team now. So she's joined us um, since May. She used to work with one of these big consulting firms, one of the big five consulting firms. And shortly after she joined us, we did this big revamp of our site. We relaunched our website and, you know, everything changed. And, you know, there were a whole bunch of glitches. There were things that went wrong that weren't working. And she was kind of freaking out. She's like, we have tens of thousands of people visiting this site every day. What's going to happen? They're going to freak out. They're going to complain. And we did get a ton of emails from people. 
And she was just blown away by these emails because people were like, hey, I just want to let you know there's this problem. Um, no worries. We really know you're working really hard to make this work and successful. So just, you know, we're here. Just let me know if there's anything you need. We had a guy who said, hey, I, I saw this problem on your site. So I wanted to be helpful and I tested it on eight different browsers. And here's what I found where it works and where it doesn't. <laughs> they look out for your best interests, right? They got your back. They're like a good neighbor, aren't they? Exactly. So they, when you screw up, they cut you slack because there is that relationship and they know that you're doing your best. And when you need them to do something and when you have something of value for them, they act on it. So like, it, it changes your business completely. I mean, I occasionally promote um, partners who, who are doing interesting things. So your basic kind of affiliate relationship. And those partners consistently tell me that of all the people who, are, who have ever promoted them, my audience engages and converts the highest. Like the, you know, on a landing page, on a registration page, on a purchase page, the conversion numbers are the highest they've ever seen. Because if I make a recommendation to my audience, they trust that it's in their best interest. And that's huge. Like you, 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 you can't even put a number on the value there. Okay. I, I suppose you could. It would be a big number. But. So Danny, I mean, I'm sold now. Okay. I get the value proposition of, um, of uh, engagement. So where did, let's start with some practical steps since you got from scratch in your, in your headline of your book. Let's start with some practical getting starting steps that people can take uh, to improve their engagement with social, email, whatever. What are your thoughts? Okay, so engagement from scratch, you can do that if you've got no audience. And you can do that if you've got an audience but no engagement. So, if, so which way do you want to go with this? Or do you want to try to cover well, both? Well, let's assume, I think everyone that's listening is a marketer of some kind, so they probably have some sort of an audience. So let's assume they've got an audience, but they're lacking engagement. Okay, so the first thing that I would do is let, let's fix up some, some big mistakes people are making. The first is um, when you broadcast emails out to people, does it come from an email address that says no reply at yourdomain.com? That is like the worst thing you could possibly do. You should change that to like, please reply or here to help or something like that. Or how about right? Mike add or something like a real person's name? Yeah, exactly. It should, it, that's You're right. It should be your name. And, th and that's a really good point. It should be the name. The signatory of on the email should be the person that a reply will go to. Yep. So if an email goes out from, from our team and it says Danny at the bottom, then if they reply, it will go to my inbox. And if it won't, if it'll go to someone else, and I'll change it. I'll say Danny and the team. And it'll go to someone else, and there will always be someone who will read it and respond. But there's got to be a personal response, and they've got to know who is sending them email. That's really, really important. Let's, so that's the yeah, first let's thing pause for fix. a second on this, Danny, because you know we have, you may not know this, but we have 231,000 people that get our email every day with all of our original content. And my personal email address is there. And it's not listed anywhere else. So most people have no clue what my email address is except those that are on my list. And they reply every single day and I reply back. <laughs> not all of them do, you know. And and they're shocked when they get a human being replying back. And this is just so basic. But, you know, it's from me. And uh, it's not from newsletter at. So I think this is a great first tip. Let's keep going. What other ideas do you have, especially beyond email? Well, the next... You know what? I like email, but everything I'm going to say kind of it fits in other contexts too. So let's right, let's cool. do one more with email, and but this ports to anything. The second thing you want to do is, you know, as a marketer, any any marketer will kind of recognize the idea that at the end of any piece of messaging, you want to have a call to action, right? Yep. So Expl explain, yeah, elaborate a little bit for those that don't know what that means. 
Yeah, so you never want to just push something out. You always, you know, whether it's content, whether you're teaching, whether it's something, there's always something that you want to tell people to do afterwards. And that doesn't mean that at the end of every message is go buy this. It can be um, now apply this in your day or make some time to make this useful or whatever it is, you're going to tell them to do something. There's some logical conclusion to whatever you're sending them. Right. So what you want to start doing is mixing in with whatever else you're encouraging people to do the call to action should be to engage. So hit reply and let me know what you think of this. Do you have another opinion? And so I do. I send out uh, Q&A emails every morning. I, I answer a question that somebody asks ask me, so I send that to everyone. And so sometimes I'll say, do you have a question about this or about something else? Hit reply and let me know and I'll answer it in, in the next email or I'll reply to you directly. Huh. Sometimes I'll say, if it's a controversial question, my answer might be controversial. I'll say, do you agree? Do you have a different opinion? Reply and let me know, and I'd be happy to forward your your opinion, your insight to the person who asked the question. But it's encouraging that response. And you know, just to carry this over to social media, if you post something on Facebook and you ask a question, um, you better be prepared to reply, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And I hate to say it, but so many people just post stuff up there and do not actually go in and reply. And Facebook allows threaded replies now, so it's very easy to do. And I think this is kind of, when you don't reply and you ask a question, I think it comes across as disingenuous. And in the end, it's just seen as a marketing tactic. And I think what you're trying to say here is follow through, right? Because when you follow through, that's when you get the reward. That's when the person who posts the res- the the comment you responding to them is their reward, right? Because they're a fan of whatever it is that you're doing. And it seems like so many people forget to actually, you know, do that interaction. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is that engagement is about relationships and relationships are bi-directional. They go two ways. It's not you pushing stuff out. It's two directional. So just imagine if you if you put a question to someone, whether it's by email or on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever it is, right? It's exactly the same as if you're standing in front of someone, you ask them a question. And so if they reply and you just ignore them, how rude is that? Like, who who does that? Nobody would do that in real life, Unless right? they're a charlatan designed to try to just spur people to action and they don't really care about what the reaction is, right? And there's too mm-hmm. many of those people out there doing that, unfortunately. Yeah, except that in these – and this is the beauty of kind of – let me put it like this. I feel like we're in a very interesting time in the development of the online world, because the online world in general, it's, it's a new frontier in a lot of ways. It's only been around for 10, 15, 20 years tops. And whenever you have a new frontier, you're going to have a bit of a gold rush, right? People are going to rush in and they know they're going to be successful just because they were the first ones in, right? The first mover advantage. Of course. But once you get past that point, all the loopholes start to disappear. The market tends to mature a little bit. And you get to a point where you actually have to run a smart business. You actually have to, actually have to serve people in a real way. And so a lot, of those, a lot of those charlatans, they're finding that those opportunities just don't exist anymore. They're getting harder and harder and harder. And we're still at the same time in an early enough stage where the people who are doing just doing things right, just kind of running a good business and creating real value and connecting with people in a real way – can still have a huge competitive advantage just for doing that, just for having a little bit of integrity and treating people the way the people should be treated. So it's a really special time in, in I think, the history of this online world, which is pretty cool. Danny, I know that someone listening right now is probably thinking, yeah, yeah, okay, that's awesome, but come on, I don't have all the time in the world to do this. So I guess the question to you is, how do you manage something like this, especially if you've got a decent-sized following? Um, you start small. 
You start small. And I mean, I spend a chunk of my time every day interacting with people by email. And some people say, how do you have time to do it? And it's like, well, but that's what drives all our sales. We did like $700,000 in sales last year. And it's mostly because of that. So how could I not, right? But at the same time, so how do you do it? You start small. Start by just, you know, don't send an email every single day and say at the bottom, please reply to this email because people will. Right? Do it. Send an email once a week. And if you're sending an email once a week or on social media, whatever it is, then not all of them have to say that. Maybe once in a while. Start ramping up slowly. Engagement is something that can build gradually. And recognize that maybe it makes sense to have people on your team that can contribute to that, that can be a part of that. Um, you don't have to do it all, myself, all, all yourself. This is something that um, has been a big and, and important transition for us over the last couple of years. I mean, we're nine people now. And I still interact with a lot of our audience myself, but a lot of the the student and class and customer and, and audience facing stuff is now handled by members of my team who people know, who people have learned to, to trust and connect with because they're part of what we're building. Um, That's awesome I, tip. That's awesome tip. I want to add something here too. Um, uh, you know, for, for those people that are um, using Twitter, for example, uh, we have a hashtag for our conference, social media marketing world. It's SMMW14. And there are lots of people just expressing their excitement about coming to this upcoming conference. So we have a gal on our team uh, named Kim who is monitoring that hashtag on Twitter. And part of her job is to reply to people and say, we're so excited you're coming to San Diego. You know, And just something as simple as that has even ratcheted up people's excitement. And it's mm-hmm. not that hard. And you don't have to do it all yourself. And I think that's the take-home message. Were you going to add something else there, Danny? Yeah, I just wanted to kind of put out there that, you know, we talk about ROI, right? What is the ROI on, um, on, on engagement, on social media, on whatever it is? And we tend to focus on the R part of it, right? On the return. Mm. And it's important that there be a return, but ROI doesn't exist without the I. There has got to be some investment. And yes, the return's got to be a lot greater, and it is, but for you to create that, you do have to put some resources and time and energy into this. The idea here is not to create something out of nothing, it's to create a lot out of a little. So you do have to invest and, and the returns more than justify it. Yeah. And, you know, I guess in the beginning, you could just start tracking whether your open rates go up, uh, whether or not certain people that you've responded to all of a sudden seem to be sharing your stuff more, um, whether or not they're the ones that ultimately end up coming to some of the things that you have to sell or, or they become customers. I mean, there's a lot of great analytics tools and, and a lot of what these people do are probably archived either in your email or, you know, somewhere. So I like the idea of starting small, getting some little wins and beginning to see the benefit of it and then scaling it. Um, Danny, I know I can tell by talking to you that you're a guy that likes to experiment with stuff. And is there anything in particular that you've been um, experimenting with in the last maybe five or six months when it comes to engagement? Do you have any interesting tips or techniques that you've been messing around with that you think are kind of new and exciting? Um, yeah, so there's there's two ways that you can look at building engagement. There is kind of wide and shallow, you know, what can you do with a ton of people? And, you know, just out of necessity, because you can't do like an enormous amount of in-depth stuff with a ton of people, it's going to be, you know, it won't go that deep. And that's great and it's important. But then there's also kind of going narrow and really, really deep. And there are two things that we did in the last year. We're actually um, we're gearing up to do one of them again. So we did in the summer um, this business ignition boot camp. We took on 200 people and we worked with really we worked with them really intensively for six weeks, um, like you know hours and hours and hours every single week. And this was completely free. 
People applied for it. They filled out like a 45-minute application. There was a ton of homework. It was super intense. And this was just a phenomenal experience. These people are still evangelizing what we're doing. I still get emails from people being like, you know, this changed my life. And, you know, they become our customers forever later. And they bring in new customers way beyond the time when I, I would have thought that this would have kind of been done doing its thing. The other thing that we did is we did this scavenger hunt last year. We took on, again, um, about 800 people applied. We had 250 people really actively doing it for six weeks. Um, we gave them this laundry list of enormous challenges of things to do online marketing, social media related. And they got points for all of it. And it was this, this was our first time doing it. So it was quite complex, right? They had to go into this Google Doc and update all the things that they had done and, and record points. And people were diligently doing this for six weeks running, practicing all these things and growing their skill set and having a blast. And they're still super engaged. People still talk about it. And we're, we're gearing up to do this um, scavenger hunt again. We're, we're going to kick it off uh, sometime in February. And the, the bottom line is that you should experiment with stuff that you can kind of implement across your processes. So everyone who signs up for your email list or signs up for, for your social media, you can follow up with them on a, on a prescribed way. And that's great. But also think about the stuff that isn't about blanketing all of the people who, who follow you, but rather the most, most engaged, most um, elite, not in terms of what they can afford to spend necessarily or in terms of their level of expertise, but in terms of their engagement and investment with you. What can you do with them? Not just to reward them, but to really bring them into the fold, make them a part of the kind of family of what you're doing and what you're creating and, and give them a reason, give them a story to tell. I love what you're talking about here because this this really is free advertising for you, Danny, right? You are creating evangelists because you are investing in them and you are giving them something that they want. And in return, they're going to let everyone know about you everywhere that they go. And you could not pay for that kind of thing. You know what I mean? It, it's an investment that you make in them and it comes back to that commitment. They make a commitment to it. Uh, it's rewarding for them and it's rewarding for you. So I love these ideas and I hope people that are listening right now are like, wow, I could see how we could imply that inside of my organization. Danny, I know we could go on forever, um, but I want to ask you this question. Um, I know a lot of people listening right now are like, wow, I want to discover more about Danny and, and his book, Engagement from Scratch. Where do you want to send them to find out more about you and what you're doing? Um, sure. So I could say, um, go to Amazon, buy my book, etc. But instead, what I'd suggest is go to my site, firepolemarketing.com. We have something called the Engagement Toolbox that every member of our community has access to, and it's free. And included in that, along with a whole bunch of other stuff, you can get a PDF of the whole book. So not like just a sample chapter or anything. You get the whole book, nothing missing. And uh, I'd love for you to just you know get it, take a look at it, and look at the other stuff that we offer too. So firepolemarketing.com, or uh, just if you want to grab the toolbox straight away, you go to firepolemarketing.com slash beacons. Awesome. Danny Eni, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and sharing your insights with us. I know I speak for a lot of those that are listening. It was awesome. Mike, it was absolutely a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me to do this. And uh, I hope this has been valuable for the people who are listening to this. And, and if anyone does have questions about anything that we talked about, I mean, just hit me up. I'm, you know, I do reply to all of my emails as we discussed. So I, I'd be happy to, to help in any way that I can. Awesome. Thank you again, Danny. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview. I know that there was a lot that we talked about. And if there was anything that you missed, 
Don't worry about it. We take the notes for you. We call them show notes. And you can find all the tools and everything that we talked about at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 7979. This does bring us to the end of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back in the driver's seat with you next week. And I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.